trying to get out my head. Plug in the mic and leave nothing unsaid. Uh. Now sit back, relax, and listen to some real talk. Now sit back, relax, and listen to some real talk. You are Hey, yeah. hey, can we get a monkey? We should get a monkey. Unspoken words. <laughs> Episode 125. 125. Uh-huh. The Hope and Strength Episode. Hey. Hope and Strength. Uh-huh. Hope and Strength. Hey, yo, I know. Blew out their speakers. <laughs> we need a monkey. <laughs> I agree with the monkey. What kind of monkey, though? One of them little tiny ones that yeah, steal yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of those, like on Pirates in the Caribbean, like one of those little guys. Yeah, like, like Ace on Ventura. All yeah. those beautiful songs in there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not like a chimp <laughs> rubbing their belly. You know that, thing will, <laughs> that thing will rip your face off. Wow, it'll rip your. Put nuggets <laughs> off. Put your ear and your hand on your belly and all of those beautiful songs in there. <laughs> what are you talking about? What are you talking about? A meme. There's this big guy. He's laying on his back and his stomach's like real big. There's like a lady laying with him. She's like, had his hand, her hand on his stomach. And then it said, lead singers, woman yeah. or something. And then like there's a bubble coming from her head and it says, all those beautiful songs in there. Oh. <laughs> Uh, uh, hey, thank you for tuning in to episode 125 Speak on it episode in full effect And we'll get into that a little bit later But right now, over here to my right All the way from Bob when I know, I know, I know Here's your favorite Indian, your hoe in one JCB, say Shoda Shoda uh And over here to my left all the way from L Jesus, number 83 in the place to be the pod, Gotti Randy B. Say show down. Hey! Ah-ho, ah-ho. And you know me, Mo Hugs, not drugs, all the way from up the road in Arrow Creek. Ah-ho. Where that pave is not road. Lulu's for that pave is not road. Lulu, pave. Lulu. Every time I hear that Lulu, man, I see that deadly, <laughs> deadly stare. <laughs> ho, ho, man. She's undressing JC. With her <laughs> eyeballs. Hola. That stare of desire. Thanks for, thanks for that <laughs> image. I, I needed that. I needed that image in my head. I know. You probably think about it every night. <laughs> <laughs> that, that one that got away. The one that got away. <laughs> the one. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I got oh. that on your phone. Too, huh? <laughs> 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 Put a good smile on your face before you go to bed. <laughs> I will now. Yeah. 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 TMI. <laughs> oh, yuck, TMI. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I got a game for us. It's an Odie but goodie. Uh, do we have any beat or anything for an intro for the game? Uh, let's see what we can do here. Um, okay. Hey, here we go. One time for your mind. 
It is. What song is it, Dan? Oh, there uh, you go. <laughs> we oh. got it going on. What's? Oh, I hate these. This is for the bourbons these. and the Cadillacs. What song is that one, then? <laughs> Are you ready, Randy? No Googling. Yes, sir. Can't He's, Google this. Go. He's always trying to Google. <laughs> okay. Here we go with the first lyric. My stomach hurts, so I'm looking for a purse to snatch. Cops give me a damn. Cops give a damn about a Negro. Pull the trigger. Kill an N-word. Kill a Negro. Now he a hero. <laughs> yeah, Tupac. That's Tupac. I got, yeah, Tupac. Tupac. What, what song is it then? What song is it then? What song is it then? I'm trying. I'm thinking. I'm not here. Uh, I hear are, you, uh, are you still down? Uh, and are you still down album, huh? I don't know. No. Uh, Trigger killer, and he's a hero. Yep. Oh man, what song is that again? Um, not are you still down? Instead, other. Oh man, they're all escaping my head now. I, know. I can't. First, ship them dope and let them deal to brothers. Give them guns, step back, watch them kill each other. It's time to fight back. That's what Huey said. Two shots in the dark, now Huey's dead. I got love for my brother, but we can't never go nowhere unless we share with each other. There's there's listeners screaming out there. I know. And screaming at us right now. I know the next line has the name of the song in it. So I won't say it. What did it say right before that? Yeah. It says, two shots in the dark, now Huey's dead. I got love for my brother, but but we can never go nowhere unless we share with each other. Changes. Changes, yep. yep. We got to start making changes. Let's change the way we eat. Let's change the way we think. Let's change the way we put on our underwear. That's okay. <laughs> Let's put them all backwards. Let's change the way we eat our hot dogs. <laughs> Let's eat them without the bun. Without the red skin. Let's not Yuck. chew them. <laughs> One time. Once in it. JC's favorite. Once in it. <laughs> okay, next song. Well, we got three songs tonight. Here we go. Hmm. Where? <laughs> Where? Um, I got it. I got it. Okay. What is it? <laughs> I got a good job. I work hard for my money. When it's quitting time, I hit the door running. I fire up my pickup truck and let the horses run. I go flying down the highway to that hideaway. Going flying down the highway to that hideaway. <laughs> keep going, keep going. That's right on. That's, that's as far as you got. That's all we know. Um, right. It sounded familiar. I know, first, like the rest of these lines got the freaking title of the song in there. Okay. Well, let's skip that part then. Back okay. to the bone. Where there's a honky-tonk near the country line, the joint starts jumping every night when the sun goes down. They got On my side of town. Brooks they, and Dunn. Yeah. That lonesome feeling. Nope, not that one. 
They got whiskey, women, music, and smoke. And smooch. It's where all the cowboy folk Y'all got go. any smooch in here? Smooch. What's smooch? You mean like making out? <laughs> I don't know, but it's fun to say. Any guesses? No. We're done on Brooks, Brooks and, and Dunn, right? Yeah, 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 okay. yeah, well, yeah, then yeah. that's about as Brooks and Dunny as I get. Oh, I don't know any songs. I, by Brooks I don't know the, na- the names of them. If I heard them, I'd recognize them, though. The bartender asked me, son, what it'll be? I want a shot of that redhead yonder looking at me. The dance floor is hopping, and it's hotter than the 4th of July. That's the name of the song? Hotter than the hoochie coochie. Close? Yeah. Chattahoochie. Chattahoochie. Uh, <laughs> That's Alan Jackson. Alan Jackson. <laughs> Boot scootin' boogie. Oh, man, that would have been my... <laughs> You guys are close. Boots go boogie. He, he was close. I didn't. Even, I would have never. Oh, it's yeah. where all the cowboy folk go to boot scootin' boogie. E. All right, y'all sell smooch in here. <laughs> we don't like your kind and your smooch. Y'all go on get. <laughs> we don't serve smooch to your kind. Of <laughs> <laughs> I don't need your smooch. I don't need your smooch. I don't need your smooch, you lint liquor. <laughs> oh, I'll smooch myself. <laughs> I got my own smooch, you cootie queen. Sound <laughs> <laughs> like you had this conversation before. <laughs> <laughs> Won't get, won't get. <laughs> you and your smooch, won't. Take your smooch and get the hell out of here. <laughs> Darn smoochers. Darn lit makers. Leela. Leela. Lurleen, get these guys and kick them out. Leela, get my shotgun. <laughs> 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 we got these crazy yahoos out here with their smooch. <laughs> got these crazy yahoos asking for some smooch. <laughs> Bring me my shotgun, Leela. <laughs> so I'll give them a smooch. <laughs> I'll buy you a smooch, my shotgun. I'll give you a smooch of this buckshot. <laughs> 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 oh, shit. Next song. All right, next, next song. song. <clears throat> if you want my future, forget my past. If you want to get with me, better make it fast. Now don't go wasting my precious time. Get your act together. We could be just fine. I know that. Uh huh. Uh huh. Get your act together. We could be just fine. Oh, that sounded like a R and B. I'm in an R and B mood. All right. If you want my future, all that smooch talk, huh? All that smooching. <laughs> if you want my future, forget my past. Oh, that's uh. <laughs> I knew that. Spice Girls. Yeah. Yeah. What's the song? What's the hook? I want to hear the hook from you guys. If you want to be my lover. Yeah. 
You got to do something, something. If you want to be my lover, better break wanna down be. and give me a smooch. It's called, called wannabe. <laughs> <laughs> it's wannabe. You got to get with my friends. Yeah, Yuck. wannabe. Yeah, it's wannabe. You oh. got to get with my friends. Yeah, what? That's what it oh. says. I Yuck. <laughs> Yo, I'll tell you what I want, what I really, really want. <laughs> tell me what you want, what you really, really want. I wanna, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna. Spooch. Did you ever watch Chicken Little? Yeah, when they were singing that Chicken song. Little, Chicken Little. I don't know. That's what I thought of just now. <laughs> hey, good job. Two for one. Two for one. Hey, you guys are getting good at this. Do, he got do, a do some cheers. He got a pickle. He got a pickle. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> this guy switches over to the little rascals. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Chip 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 One twenty-five. I love that game. I love Everybody that game. karaoke. That's Everybody. Hey, let's do that game again next week. But each of us bring two songs. Okay. Because remember when you me and you went back and forth? I struggled. I only think I got one. Did I? I, I don't think so. I can't remember. I know. No, yeah. yeah, it was. Oh, I almost had that Bob Marley, but then you said jamming. So I was like, that can't be it because he said it. Oh, and remember, I I tried to stop myself. Too. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. This guy was somewhere smooching with somebody. Smooching with the rest of you. <laughs> with the no, you rest of you, Chicago. You were here, and you were smooching with my brother. <laughs> you were smooching with everybody. <laughs> Little Mo. Al. Little Cheeks. Mo with the gippy leg. <laughs> What's with the movie quotes today? I don't know, man. I think it's just the, the sun's out. Oh, it's daylight savings. How'd you guys do with that? Man, Damn, I'm I didn't even know. Still. I didn't even know until I woke up the next day and I was watching TV. Yeah. And then I was like, Yeah. I was like, uh, Oh, I was going to go play ball. We went for a drive. Oh, yeah, that's right. And then I turned, and then I, I noticed that I was looking because I looked at the clock on the microwave. That didn't change. But then when I seen it, remember it has it on the TV too? Like, yeah. Like a guide uh-huh. or whatever. That's yeah. when I noticed it. And I was like, Damn. I'm going to be late. I don't want to rush up there and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Well, you should have came up anyway. We didn't start. Like, we didn't have enough to start till like, one thirty. Damn. I should have, yeah. Should have just came up. I should have just went up there anyway. Because even at that, we had to play fours. Oh, wow. And then by the time we got done with that first game, like, four more people showed up. So then we had enough to run fives. Whoever invented daylight savings time needs to be. It's dumb. Yeah, seriously. So it would only be, what, five now? Yeah. Ish. Five thirty, five forty-eight. Damn. Yeah, that's the difference. I don't know. It's just dumb. I saw that, and I think I mentioned it last year on Daylight Savings too. Remember that meme where it says like only the white man would cut two inches off the bottom of the blanket and add it to the top. So you had a longer blanket. Yeah. (laughs) And that's kind of what Daylight Savings is. I I like that. I like that. I like that. I remember you saying that too. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. But you know they they what they were saying is that it messes with your head too, like your men- mentally. It never used to mess with me till about three years ago. Yeah, I think it's because we're older. I think so because now it like, dude, man, I was exhausted. I still can't wake up on time. Yeah, like yeah. I was um, Sunday night. I was exhausted. Pray, I mean, playing ball, and then not playing for a while, and then playing ball. I, I was in bed by like eight thirty. Same thing Monday night. I was in bed by eight. Yeah, that's how I was Saturday. Messing with that inner clock, huh? Yeah. Seven o'clock. Yeah, I was in bed at seven twenty, bro. I woke up about four. I stayed up for a couple hours, and then I went back to sleep again. And woke up later on in the afternoon. 
Dang. Oh, yeah, because Monday's like your Sunday? Yeah. Monday's his Sunday. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Well, Sundays are like my Saturdays. Yeah. Mondays is when he gets his. But yeah, I don't, I don't ever do that, and it surprised me because I freaking laid back down and slept till past noon. Dang, you know. Mm-hmm. I sleep if I sleep till eight a.m. and I'm sleeping in. I feel like I've wasted too much time. Oh. At eight, I wish I could sleep in. I can't. I know. I'm not a. I can't. But I'm I one of those guys. Naps. Once, yeah. Once my eyes are open, I have to be up. Yep. Yep. It's like, yeah. It's like mandatory, huh? Yeah. Because like, even though I wake up at like three thirty, four o'clock, I'm up. I'm just like, ah, oh, just gonna get up. Wake up slow, huh? Yeah. Because like with me, it doesn't even matter. Like, <clears throat> like after like about five, six, seven hours of sleep. My back like stiffens up, hurts, starts hurting. So then, any little movement, any kind of, no matter how I lay, it's like uncomfortable. So that's why I just get up. Yeah, my walk. problem, my problem is the other end of it because like it doesn't matter like how tired I am all day. Then about nine, ten o'clock hits, and then I just boom, wake like, up. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what that is. I mean, it's always been like that. Like I could sit up half the night. Right, historically, that's when you got your smooch on. I was smooching <laughs> You were smooching with everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Layla, bring me my shotguns. I always tried to be like a night owl, and I never could be. Mm. You know? Yeah, so I, think, I think I said this on the podcast before, too. Like, uh, I was always a night owl, and night owl and... Morning. Early riser. Yeah, I'm a morning person. You know how people are like quiet in the morning? Like me, I wake up. Like I'm ready to go. I know. I used to be like that when I was drinking. Oh, for real? Yeah, I'd get up early and, well, that's because I wanted to drink. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we uh, had rum dum and they're <clears> still trying to. But then I'd be, be passed out by five. Yeah. And then there's sometimes too, like I'll wake up early and then I'll just sit in my living room. Like, lately, that's kind of what I've been doing. i kind of been feeling like I'm depressed a little bit because after the eye surgery and my eyes being sensitive, like, I just go sit in the living room and it's dark. Yeah. So I've been loving this week because I've just been opening up my blinds, you know? Yeah. Because my dad, like, growing up, like, my dad, like, <clears throat> if I, how do you say, like, so if I was at my grandma's house and he comes in, like, after 8 and if I'm still in bed, like, he just goes and, like, thumbtacks the window open. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, one of those, you know, lets the sun, the full sun shine in. Like, that's how he was growing up. Mm. So I've always been, like, that type of, like, person. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Oh. So that's one of my, like, enjoyments is sitting in my living room and having the window open. But yeah. But it has been, yeah, a little tough on my eye. Dang. But overall, your eye's doing better? Man, I see a lot better. I have a checkup tomorrow. I see a lot better. My eye does get a little tired. Um, there's some days, like, where I just see, like, dots. Oh, dang. You know, like, I can't <clears throat> really focus. He's put a little smooch on it. Yeah, just put, <laughs> need a smooch or two. <laughs> a couple smooches. <laughs> 
from from aunties, not from uncles. <laughs> we gotta get specific here. We gotta. Yeah, but there's something like so. Like yesterday, I was in class, and bro, I couldn't. I was sitting in the second row, and I could not read the board. Thing. So I had to like go get up, go walk to the freaking board, and read what was on there. Dang, for real? Yeah, because my eyes, like, man, they're, like, not stable yet. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. I just don't like the recovery. Yeah. <clears throat> so next year, about this time, about January, is that I, when you got the? It, it's really, yeah, so it's up to a year, but it's really on everybody else's body. Oh, it's all relative. Yeah, so. To your eyeballs. Yeah, whatever, healing. All right. So he needs all the smooches he can get. Y'all aunties out there that got all that love. <laughs> Come give Randy some smooches. Some eye smooches. <laughs> Those healing smooches. <laughs> oh, <wow>. <laughs> <laughs> the healing waters of Lake Minnetonka. Oh, man, I'm getting jealous. <laughs> are you guys warmed up, man? Feeling ready to go? Yes, sir. <clears throat> all right, we're going to get into our speak on it. But first, DJ, if you're ready. Why don't you hit me with that beat? Speak on it. Speak on it, bro. On it. And it, bro. Speak on it. Speak on it. Speak on it. All right, all right, all right, all right. We're here with unspoken words, the mo hugs, not drugs edition. And before we get started here, I got to set this timer. That slipped my mind. So I'll do 19 minutes because I'm just rambling now. All right, so <clears throat> my speak on it is an article that came out today, I believe yesterday. In the Bellings Gazette, it said, treat it different. Biased referee. Why were you gonna do this one? Or you can do part two. No, we'll just do a. We'll combine them. What are What are you guys doing? So, then? so we'll, we'll let's just do forty minutes of it. Okay, we'll do forty minutes of are it. You guys we'll both keep, trying to do it. We're both yeah, trying to we're, do it. The we're same gonna one. do it for forty minutes. <laughs> 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 See, I told you I did that shit. <laughs> you guys, for me, what? <laughs> I just asked what you guys were doing. <laughs> it. No, this article. So it's a Billings Gazette article released March 15th, 2023 by Nora Maybe and Jeff Welsh. Uh, it's called Treated Different Biased Refing Hurts Native Youth. And I was just like, whoa. Um, it says, this story is part of three-part series on perceived anti-native bias in high school basketball in Montana. And it talks about this um, Benji Krebs. He was a junior at Rocky Boy High School a few years ago. And they were playing a white school, meaning, you know, all the students were predominantly, the whole school, they're all Caucasian, white students at the school. Rocky Boy is heavy. It's on the Rocky Boy Reservation. All their players from the Chippewa Cree tribes. And... 10 minutes, a few minutes into the game, like 10 minutes into the game, a player from the other team goes up for a layup from Malta, Montana, goes up for a layup, and Benji Krebs goes up, tries to block the shot, 
misses the ball and slaps the backboard and gets a technical foul. But according to the rules of uh, Montana High School Association, that slapping the backboard by trying to block a shot is perfectly legal. But that ref in that moment called a technical. And he goes on to say, but like Krebs wasn't surprised when the whistle came. It's a common belief in Native communities statewide that some white referees treat Native high school basketball teams differently. Krebs and his teammates had been coached on how to handle this. And that's very common. I remember coming up on the reservation, playing for the reservation schools that coaches and parents would always say back then there was only two refs on the court. Nowadays you got three refs on the basketball court for high school ball. They are saying you're playing against seven. So you got to go out there and almost play like perfect because anything that looks like a fall, they're going to call it on you. These were the talks. These were the pep talks that we got from our coaches, from our parents, from our aunts, uncles, everybody that came out to support us was like, you guys, you guys got to go out there and like basically play a perfect game in order to win, to beat this non-native team. Um, and that was the norm. And it was like a pure culture shock for me as I left the reservation and played high school ball in Billings, in the biggest city in Montana. And that was never a talk. That was never a pep talk. That was never a thing that the coaches told us like you're playing against seven. And so <clears throat> I'll pause there um, and I'll open it up to you two gentlemen, you two fine gentlemen. As far as your experience in watching high school sports and playing high school sports or is anything surrounding referees and high school sports? Well, there, <clears throat> there's uh, actually three part series, right? Yeah, this is the first one. Okay, so I don't want to get too far ahead of us ourselves but um yeah so I, I i do know that you know playing ball growing up that was something that that they always told us you know like you, yeah. you gotta you gotta you gotta be mindful of that because this is just how it is it's what they're gonna do yep and and i and i i think i don't know okay so so if i if i tell you you go outside and it's gonna be cold yeah right so you go outside and you might and on one some level, like think, oh, it's cold outside. Yeah, but then on another level, maybe it's not right. Yeah. So I do know that in the past, like I've seen it. Like I mean, I just can't not say, oh, well, maybe it wasn't because I, I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah. And, and um, even going into like, like when we leave the res, everything's different. Oh yeah, and that's true today. And yep. it does. It doesn't. <clears throat> and we're talking about. These kids on the court, right, playing a sport. Yeah. But that's true for all people that leave the res and then they come on to, like, uh, just outside outside the res. So that's like going from one world to another mm-hmm. into um, into a place where, um, where, the, where these things exist, right? Like these stereotypes, these, um, these images, these uh, prejudices. Mm-hmm. No racism, whatever you want to call it, they they exist, and I can't deny that either. But 
I mean, like like growing up and and you see and you see that and you hear it all the time. It's like you almost come to expect it. And for the longest time, I walked around with a chip on my shoulder, like a lot of natives do, right? Oh yeah. So like you're gonna, I'm gonna build up my defense before I even leave because I already know what's coming. And it might not be everybody, but all it takes is one person. Yeah. One person, and then boom, that just paints the picture for everybody out there who looks like that, talks like that, might yeah. sit next to them. Mm-hmm. And you can't, and it's hard to carry that around yeah. for the longest. And I didn't, you know, I didn't know what it was. Like, I was a kid, right? So I didn't know what it was. I didn't know um, the effect that it was having on me at the time. Mm-hmm. But without even knowing it, remember I was talking, I always talk about core beliefs, right? Those things that are ingrained in you. And it, it, at such a level that we're not even aware of it. So these things were having effect on me. And just like they say, uh, you know, the, the mascots. Yeah. When they, when they, before when they used to have the people running around in their fake turkey feathers and whatever. And oh, yeah, war yeah. paint and pounding on these plastic drums or whatever. Yeah, appropriation. Yeah. And, and that had an effect. Same thing, right? Like I, yeah. I saw my culture as something less than. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> even though people didn't come out and say it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, because the one thing I will say about racism around here is that it's not so overt. Yeah. But it's just under the surface, right? You could just, like a lot of people, you can tell it's there. Yeah. The undertones. Yeah. And so, like, growing up, like, I didn't know what that was. I didn't know, you know, like, okay, I didn't know that it was having that effect on me. Like, I had low self-esteem, low self-worth. I was embarrassed of who I was without Mm -hmm. ever even realizing it. I remember for the longest, like when I was a kid, here's a perfect example. When I was a kid, I used to dance all the time, mm-hmm. right? Go out and, uh, with my regalia <laughs> and, and dance. And somewhere along the line, I remember somebody saying something to me. I can't remember who it was. I don't, I just know that it happened. Yeah. And then I stopped. Mm. And then like, you know how they have, uh, <laughs> I mean, like if you grew up on the res, they, they always have these functions, right? And so you go out there and you got to do a, a round dance yeah, or something like that in your street clothes. Yeah. And for us, I mean, it should be normal. That's what we do. We're native. We're indigenous people. That was part of our culture for thousands of years. Yeah. But when they made us do that, I felt ashamed. And, true. And, true. And, and I know that we're, we're talking about basketball here and, and, and what goes on in the court and the refing and all that. But it kind of ties into that whole thing. Like when these kids go out there, and they're 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 constantly being dumped on for playing res ball. I'll I'll be the first one to tell you I love res ball. Yeah, that's my favorite. Yeah, and people will say, oh, it's undisciplined, it's sloppy, it's this, it's that, it's the other, and I mean, whatever, dude. That's that's just the way we play. That's your opinion. That's your opinion. Yeah, but when you go out there and then uh, you're hearing these kind of things. It has that same effect. All it takes is that one comment, mm-hmm. that one incident, that one thing to kind of, and it sets with you for life. Yep. <clears throat> yep. And I'll, I'll stop there because I'll, I'll keep going. <laughs> yeah, no, I think it's like, I read that in the statistics and the numbers are all there. And it's something that is really not hidden it's something that's well known in our community but also it, like i keep thinking about like okay 
So I remember like going to places like Brada's. Yep. And I remember one year I was only on, well, I never played varsity. I was on JV. Um, But I remember that one game, I had like two fouls within the first 30 seconds and I never even touched a guy. Yep. Um, But I was thinking, I was like, man, like I've never gone to a school that was predominantly Caucasian thinking we were going to win. True. It was always, I wonder how they are going to beat us today. Mm. I mean, even though I've never verbalized that, I feel like that's always been my mindset going in. Yep. It's like, I wonder how it's going to, basically, I wonder how, I wonder how the attack is going to come today. Mm. Um, I've never gone into those situations thinking I was going to get a fair shake because nine out of ten times we didn't. It's few and far between where we have a white referee that Native Americans like. Yep. And I believe that even now it's so well known that the referee pool is a good old boys club. Oh, yeah. It always seems like the ruling party in society does what benefits them the most we're in montana and we barely got shot clocks yeah when some other states have shot clocks for years mm-hmm. because we saw these white teams do like hoosiers go to the four corners and just pass yep play keep away slow the game down board. So it's something that has been well known in our community, but what I love about this whole thing is the awareness that mainstream media is bringing yep. to these. Mm-hmm. It's like they're scaling back. They're taking off one layer at a time. Like, okay, like we've been saying this for years and now the Gazette has finally come out with statistics and numbers to prove what they are saying in their statement. And that's encouraging because it's through these difficult conversations where we gain a better understanding for the other side. Mm -hmm. There's this special that just came out, Chris Rock, called Selective Outrage. Mm Mm-hmm. But he's kind of poking fun at the times where we practice selective outrage. Mm -hmm. Where we're mad at a certain thing. But when when it happens to a different demographic or somebody that's not connected to us, we lose that outrage that we once held. Mm. We select what outrages us rather than being like, okay, like, I'm against racism. And I think, like, the hardest part, especially for our white counterparts, is to acknowledge, right? Like, in order for something to be healed, we have to reveal it first. Yeah. And when we have, when we live in a society that doesn't want to admit truth or shies away from difficult conversations, Mm -hmm. then we're always going to be having these programs thinking they're going to do the job 
when we never make it to our surgery appointment. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we've had this time set aside to perform surgery in our relationship with different communities. So when it comes to tough topics such as this and we refuse to have that conversation, we're basically not making it to our appointment that's going to make us a better person and create a better heart within us. Yeah. As you know, so it's a tough pill to swallow for both sides. And I think it's an opportunity, too, for Native America to step up and be like, hey, man, we're here, too. Mm Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. But it is like we go to these games and and we know some teams are superior than others. But when the game starts, it's controlled. Yep. And the other team is given a chance, you know, and we know if it was a pickup game. Smoke them. They'd be smoked. Yep. Exactly, and, like, that's kind of where I was thinking as you guys were talking. Like, I've seen, like, they're penalizing these native teams because they don't play a certain way. Um, They don't come down and run a set. Um, And they don't allow the defense to come down and set up their offense because we're continuously pressing throughout the whole game Um, because that's what the coaches condition their players for. That's what they practice is to put on that press right away throughout the whole game. <clears throat> and I know, like, a couple examples, like when my nephew was a senior at Plenty Coup, um, they had a big team, like tall team. My nephew was like 6'3", and there was other guys on the team like 6'4", 6'5". <clears throat> and they played a team, uh, Broadview Levina. They had like a 6'8 guy. And then like another guy that was 6'4". That was like their main scores. <clears throat> so it was tournament time. My nephew and his teammates, like, man, they just walled up. They'd, they'd dump it into their big man, and they would just wall up, like stand there straight up. And what that big guy would do, he would kind of move back and forth and then turn and jump right into them, causing them to, like, go back, and then their arms come down from their being, like, straight up. Their arms would come down. And then he'd jump into them, <clears throat> and then the plenty coup players would be called for a foul. And then, man, I got mad. I was sitting down on the court, and that ref was walking by to go to the scores table, and I jumped up, and I said, quit penalizing these guys. That Broadview Levina is initiating the contact. I said, you're, you're calling a foul on these guys, but he's initiating the contact. And that's, you can't call fall on that because the offensive player is initiating the contact. And I was pissed and I was living. And I told the ref that time and other numerous times, kind of like what you're alluding to, I've seen native teams like go on a run and then the refs get it under control and they start calling fouls on the native team. And like you said, giving that other team a chance. And that was, I don't know if you guys watched that class A Championship game between Harden and Haver. You guys watch that one? No. Harden this last one? Yeah, just this past Saturday. No. <clears throat> um, Harden came out on fire. Man, those girls were hitting. 
hitting and like one of the main ones, her last name, big man. She came out, man. She was leading that team, man. She was man, everything she was throwing up was going in. And what did they do? Caught two fouls on her real quick. Boom, boom, two fouls. And of course the coach is going to take her out. Cause I mean, don't want her to rack up a third one in the first quarter, but by that time, so they, the refs got her out of the game. And that took like the wind out of their cell. That took the their energy. Cause man, you could hear the crowd through the TV. Man, all those girls on the bench, man, they're jumping up and screaming and hollering. And it was I was like, oh shoot, man, these guys are gonna do it. And at that point, Harden was up by twelve on the defending champions. And then from that point, Haver started chipping away. Boom. boom. <clears throat> they started calling more fouls on Harden, more fouls on Harden, more fouls on Harden. And I was like, oh, shit, I know what's going to happen now. Yeah. And then by halftime, Harden was down by like almost 10 when they were up by 12. And they and were up all, by free throws. <clears throat> yeah. And it all happened on that one sequence, man. That big man, she like dribble drove. Man, she juked that girl hard. She crossed her over and that girl fell. And they could hear that crowd. Oh, and she made a lap. And they're fired up and they stowed it. And she hit her with an in and out, and that girl almost did the splits. And she stepped back behind the three-point line, and she let it go, man. She snapped it. Boom, man. And man, that crowd was. And then the next two plays, two fouls on the big man, got her out of the game. And I was like, mother effers. Isn't that crazy? Like, it's just two fouls. It's like, they are, I don't know, like, I always wonder what the conversation is like behind closed doors. I know, like, I'm playing, like, what if or whatever. yeah. yeah. But it's always like, man, I wonder what that conversation is like, like if it's an unspoken rule between these referees, like when they get somewhere and it's a native and a white team, I wonder if there is an unwritten rule where they just look at each other and like, you know what to do. Yeah. I wonder, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you know how you work with people and you're able to like, okay, now it's time for this, now it's time for that. Like, I'm saying like, man, I wonder if there's like these referees and they're like, okay, we need to take control now. Yeah. You know, but they don't talk. Yeah. And they're probably, like, there's probably certain rules where they can't question each other. Yeah. Because there was a native ref, refing that game. Yeah. I don't know. I name. think we have to do more than that, though. Like, so, like, I saw, I think South Dakota is a state where they put a stipulation where if a native team and a white team is playing, there has to be at least one ref on there. North Dakota. But I would even... Say not one. I would say put two natives on there. Yeah, because you get to that point, and we always get those Uncle Tom natives. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you heard it here first. <laughs> yeah, no, I know like, what you mean. Yeah, yeah. We get the the that native that's cool with the white community, and they say and do everything that that white community wants them to say and do. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah and yeah. they just become that face. <laughs> <laughs> but we do have those kinds. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I'm tired of having these talks. It's just more like, what's the solution? True. I'm I'm happy. Okay. To see. Us headed in a better direction. Because 10 years ago, you weren't going to get this on the Gazette. So, we kind of talked a little bit about um, what 
what our parents and our coaches and our our people would say before we left. But there's also like I think it's the second part of that or the second article in that series when uh hold on I'll, I'll just read it. I can't I can't even see. But um so I think I don't and forgive me if I'm pronouncing this ra- this name wrong. Sienna is it speaker or speecher? Right, speaker. Speaker. It's S P E I C H E R. Anyway, I'm sorry if I sp- said that wrong, but she's a guidance counselor at Browning High School and she's going on to tell about uh her sister went to play for the Montana Lady Grizz. Her new teammates, who were formerly her opponents, admitted that they were uneasy when they traveled to Browning to play her old team. They were told to roll up their windows, lock their doors, and not to stop when passing through, implying that tribal, implying the tribal community wasn't welcoming or safe. They were, I think, surprised when they met my sister, like, oh, you're very different than we thought you'd be based on everything we were ever told about entering your community. Mm-hmm. So, if... If if they're telling their kids that mm-hmm. kind of stuff, yeah, then you know, like it, it just go. I mean, it just goes to follow or even to lead. I guess is that it lets you know where their thinking is at. Oh yeah, for sure. And so it's like to me, it's like you, you would when we leave, they say, "Don't trust them." Oh, yeah. When they come, they say, don't trust them. Yep. And yet when we actually interact and engage with, with one another as human beings, mm-hmm. they're like, man, you ain't nothing like I thought you'd be. Yep. Just because there are people out there that exist like that doesn't mean everybody's like that. It's like, man, they I had you totally wrong. So I think that, that, that part of that article or this that part of that series when she was talking about that I think is – is an important thing to mention because racism is taught. Oh, yeah. Racism is a learned behavior. And again, it might even be to the point where they don't even realize it. Right? Like when we're kids and we're growing up and we're just absorbing all this stuff around our environment. Mm-hmm. And it's not what people say. It's what people do or the message that we receive. And that's that holds true today. Like, you know, it's not what you say. It's the message I receive. Mm-hmm. So these these this the non-native side is receiving a, that that particular message like don't trust them you know they they they're whatever they whatever it is they say mhm that's negative towards uh indigenous communities <clears throat> so that had to be a systematic thing too i mean we know it is we as native people and how we navigate the world since as far back as we can remember, right? We know how it is. Yep. And so it's like, I mean, I guess the point that I'm really trying to get to is that they're taught that too. Mm-hmm. Right? And I think that the cycle will continue to go around and around and around. Like, like running over dog shit on a tie on a bicycle tire, right? Same shit over and over. Mm-hmm. So until the something changes, until somebody says, "Okay, you know what? When we go in there, let's just go in there based on the merits of our abilities." Yeah. And to say, "Okay, don't." I'm not saying don't trust them. What I'm saying is to go out there and do your best. 
And that's all really all you can do. Like you cannot control somebody else's actions as messed up and as shitty as that is. Yep. When some adult who has that power in that game decides, you know what? This girl needs two quick fouls because we need to we we need to you know stop this little run they're putting on. It's gonna get out of hand. Yeah. <clears throat> if that was the case, I don't know. I mean, no. like, is it is because there's another part in there too that says, was it a bad call or was it something be- bigger than that? Yeah. And that's what you know. Only that person would really know. Mm-hmm. Only you know how hard you're trying. Only you know how much you're willing to you know um, go one way or the other. Yeah. And I guarantee it that those people aren't going to say, oh, you know what? I, I, I didn't want her to score 50 points on us and win the state championship. They're not going to say that. Oh, no, 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 no. Ain't nobody going to come out and say that. Oh, you know what? Oh, yeah. Uh, they'll, they'll take that stuff to the grave. Yeah. So it's like we have to, we, I mean, we have to come up with um, constructive ways to improve the system. But at the same time, we can't really expect anybody to say, yeah, you know what? You're right. Because they won't. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, they won't. I mean, they, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm not saying, you know, <laughs> what did they say about that, that those uh, natives in Rapid City when they were trying to check into the hotel? Oh, you, you can't tell the good ones from the bad ones. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so the, the good ones, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to. Put put anything on them, you know the the the, the fans that go and they want to see a good game and win, lose or draw. It's like, yeah, it was. It's all about competition. It's all about sportsmanship. It's all about letting these kids play. What I'm talking about is that select few that 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 this stuff is so ingrained in them that they have to see to it that you know I'm gonna have to take action, mm-hmm. whether it's said or unsaid, whether you know. It's unspoken. <laughs> Spoken or not. No, I think um, part of the article that really um, <clears throat> kind of something you touched on earlier, like as far as, you know, when you're dancing, kind of felt ashamed. Like it talked about how for some of these kids, this basketball is a sanctuary. So, you know, like mom and dad are drinking at home. So this is the only time they can, they're in a safe space to like express themselves, safe space to, so it's a protective factor. Yeah. Um, and so this kid, instead of hanging out in his house, he can't because uncle's drunk on a couch and he gets violent when he's drunk. He's out, he's out at the courts working on his moves. And in the article it talks about working on a spin move and works on that spin move, works on a spin move, perfects it, um, to the point where they're like deadly with it. They're lethal with it. You know, they can use that mm-hmm. spin move to get to the hoop. And then, so then they get to the game when they're playing a non-native team and they do that spin move and the ref calls travel. Even though it's not a travel. But then that sends that shame to that kid that they're not good enough. And it takes away... They can't away, do anything right. They can't do anything right. It takes away that sanctuary for them. Even though they know and their coaches know that that's a legit move, but that ref sees that they're being lethal with it and wants to put a stop to it, so he calls travel. Yeah. And it's just like how detrimental that mindset that they're not playing the right way, so we got to get this game under control. I can see that. Yeah. And I, I'm, <clears throat> I'm glad you touched on that because 
it reminded me of like in a previous podcast, you know, how I was talking about, you know, sports can't be the only thing for our kids. We can't let them, you know, peak at 17, 18 years oh, old. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. And I don't know, thinking back on it now, I, I, I might have, it might have came off, came off the wrong way because first and foremost, let's get this. One thing straight is I absolutely support all those student athletes. I mean, I love watching native teams play, boys and girls, because mm-hmm. they're fun. Yeah, it's because that because that's me out there. Yeah, right. That so, I mean, there's that, and and the fact that it is that sanctuary, the fact that it is that one thing you can go out and you can control that. Yeah, and then somebody else comes along and says, "No, we yeah. control it." Yep. Even though you're doing everything right and you're doing the best that you can, mm-hmm. no, we control it. No. And then that, that just, that, you know, and I, I, I firmly believe that it does strip that away. And be, I mean, the, the way we grow up and the things that we see yeah. on a daily basis, it already has that negative effect on us, right? Yeah. And so to, re, to find something, to have something, that is uniquely yours. Like we didn't invent the game of basketball. We just perfected it. Yeah. <laughs> that was supposed to be funny. Laugh, but <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> um, but, but you know what I mean? Like we, we, we got that res ball and it's kind of like that. Uh, I, I, I watched uh, New York city point point gods. Oh yeah. Yeah. A couple of times. And watching that is like those, they, like you'll watch those. Uh, and one videos, mm-hmm. like we don't do a lot of that. Really, really fancy stuff and yeah. that real showy stuff, but mm-hmm. the style of the play is the same. Yeah, and um, yeah, I think with the res ball, man, I really love it. Like you know, there's a rebound, two, three passes, the ball doesn't even touch the ground and lay up. Love that, man. I was like, yes. I don't even care who the native team is. I'm like, hell yeah, that's it right there. Even that, even like the half court offense too. You know. Point guard dribbles in, penetrates a little bit, and then boom, quick dish off to your big guy, and he easy bucket. Mm-hmm. It's like it's 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 poetry, man. It's beautiful. It's like, oh wow, did you see that? And mm-hmm. I, I, we were watching uh, uh, Harden last year. I think that girl graduated, and she was doing those. She dribbled down, and she looked this way and pass it like that. Oh yeah, yeah. Point just pinpoint accuracy, and I was like, damn. I don't even think I can make that pass. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. It's fun to watch. And that's our style. And I think that other people don't like that. Like they, I mean, shit, let's get it. I mean, we're not playing with peach baskets. Yep. Things evolve. But, oh, and the other thing that, to my point too, is, uh, did you watch that um, documentary Class C? No. The only game in town, I think it was called. It's on PBS. But I remember watching it and there's four teams of Four teams on there. Mm. And the only two I can remember is Reed Point and uh, Rocky Boy. Oh, okay. But and then they referred to it in this article. Mm. And uh, when that old grandma got after them, well, she was saying that's how it is. Yeah. But at the same time, they were saying uh, they showed the the white coach in his locker room saying that's the difference between discipline and undisciplined. Yeah. Play. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I remember that. So yeah. basically, kind of a. Really thinly veiled, like undertone. The, yeah, undertone of like yeah. these 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 kids have no discipline. So yeah, we're, we're savages. Yeah, we're and savages. that's kind of the thing. Like, so that's the part that grinds my gears, right? Like, we have a a part of society who came in, invaded a country, 
and slaughtered millions of people mm-hmm. turn around being the ethical and moral police. Oh, yeah. Like, so scared of certain shades of color that they, you know what I mean? Like, like it's it's infiltrated all aspects of our society, even down to high school sports. Yep. Like, where <clears throat> these guys are children... Enjoying the last true freedom that anybody can ever have. Mm -hmm. Because once you're done with high school, real life starts. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Even for some of these kids, real life has already started. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, they've had to grow up quick, some of them. And that's their refuge. And when you allow your personal view to infiltrate a game that's supposed to be pure, maybe Mm -hmm. you shouldn't be a ref. True. I feel like there has to be guidelines and in, in, in the solution for me is we need our white counterparts that see the things that we do and rather than just brush it away, use your voice and speak out against it. Mm-hmm. Because I think one thing that grinds my gears more is when I see a white brother or sister recognize what's happening mm-hmm. and still try to justify yep. why it's happening yep. or finding a reason to say it's okay. Yep. You know what I mean? Like there's nothing that grinds my gears more than somebody who doesn't choose a side in, in that fight against racism. Yeah. So in other words, you're complicit in your silence. Yeah. True. It's like when you're silent, you're actually saying this is okay. Yeah. You're, that's what your body language is giving off. Like I always tell my daughter, people talk a lot. I don't pay attention to what people say. Mm -hmm. I pay attention to what people do. Yeah. Kind of like what I said, like, it's not, not what you say. It's the message that we receive. Mm. Absolutely. Because it's like one part, and I see it firsthand. It's like having these types of conversations that are hard and then our white counterparts say what is PC. Mm-hmm. And then outside of that meeting, behavior is completely different. Yep. <laughs> you know what I mean? True, true, very true. Very well, true. You know, like I said, I mean, nobody's going to come out and say, yeah, you're right, I'm a racist. <laughs> <laughs> and mean, that's I mean, not, I don't think that's what we're looking for. What I'm looking for is like for the white counterparts to be like, hey, man, like that's wrong. Yeah. We need to address that. I, I, I think, yeah, and I think with this article, like you said, there's more awareness raised around this, and we're seeing that more and more. I think this article is going to send a shockwave through the MSHA, the, the refing. The refing, they're going to be like, hey, y'all better knock this shit off. It's in the paper. Yeah. Uh, oh, and, okay, and then one more one more thing, too. Um, coach for Lodgecrest back in the day. Gordon Robert? Yeah. He uh, went back and ch- checked 10 years. Yeah. And he found that nine. Did you already say this part? Nope. He said that nine out of nine, nine of those years, there there were like way more fouls called on his team. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And then uh, they have go on to say this other, uh, this other lady who's <clears throat> from Belknap, but she lives in Rocky Boy. And they were watching a game and her son, I think it was her son, said something like, look, we got more, more fouls than they have points. Yeah. <laughs> so 
then she went back and she did it. Yeah. And uh, and and looked at all the records of stats and stuff, and she found the same thing. But when she submitted hers, they said it was too emotional. Yeah. What? Like as if because we you know we're we all like sports. Yeah. All, all three of us are sports fans, and we know we always talk about numbers. Yep. I mean that's what sports is really like. When you try to break things down, and you try to evaluate. I mean, we we all filled out, or I don't know, did you fill out a bracket? Yeah. So we did our brackets, <laughs> and you know, when we're talking about numbers and we're talking about you know all this, these uh, what's the statistics? Statistics, but there's another uh, there's a word that they always use highlights. Highlights. Anyway, we're talking about numbers all the time, so we know that numbers don't lie. Yeah. And there's a reason why. <laughs> You're not, you're not going to follow the 90% free throw shooter. You're going to follow the 50% guy. Yeah. Because he's going to probably but miss it, one. But I mean, okay, so but what I'm so I guess my point is being, <laughs> getting to the point, is that numbers don't lie. But you see this <clears throat> play off in society in different ways, right? Like, so you think about Allen Iverson. Superstar, high school athlete, in love with football, quarterback, man, just as amazing athletic kid, goes bowling one night and ends up in an altercation, and she he wasn't even the initiator of the fight. Mm. But because he was the most well-known of that crew, he got sentenced to prison, right? Yeah. Like, they totally derailed this man's career. Yep. For about a year, right? Mm-hmm. And eventually went to college at like 19 years old, 19, 20 years old, played a season, and then went to the NBA, and the rest is history. Yep. But you look at the intentional act of wanting to send this young man to prison mm-hmm. over his athleticism. Uh, out of jealousy. Out of jealousy, and we see that on a – Scale here, like one thing that I'm excited about is seeing all these young men and young women go to junior college. Because now what we're seeing is Native Americans doing what the black community was doing in the late 80s, early 90s. Mm -hmm. When they didn't make it to NCAA, they would go to a junior college and grind it out and get back on it. Like Rain Man, Sean Kemp came from a junior college. Mm -hmm. You know, like all these people have utilized that. Um, that route and for natives to come up and start making noise and even get this address like that's a win but at the end of the day it's like okay like now we need more of our white counterparts to utilize their voice Mm -hmm. and not be afraid to stand up to your circle our sphere of influence and be like man that's wrong I don't care what you guys say or think Mm-hmm. Bold and, and unashamedly backing up your minority brothers and sisters, but also on a, on a flip coin, it holds us to a higher standard as Native Americans. Mm-hmm. We talk about Selena and we we crack jokes because we love to quote that movie, but what her dad was saying. We have to be more Mexican than the Mexican and more Mm -hmm. American than American. That's really what we have to do as Native Americans Mm -hmm. is we have to be better at basketball 
times two. Yep. Because of the adversity and the obstacles that are come, going to come our way through our carnal parts. Yep. Until that's addressed and until there's enough in mainstream society to raise their voice and not be scared of what their neighbor's going to say. Mm-hmm. Not be scared of that ruined uh, family relationship. Yep. You know, because what I'm tired of is, is people saying, I don't know what to do. What do we do? It's like, man, use your voice. Stop being chicken s. Yep. Of your neighbor. Chicken shit. Yeah. yeah. That little white speck on chicken shit. You know what I mean? Like, stop. That little white speck. Stop worrying shit. so much about what people think. Like, it, it's even, like, I see it on social media all day. Like, <clears throat> I delete so many people. And the reason why isn't because I'm weird. <laughs> <clears throat> but I delete a lot of creeper profiles. <laughs> and a creeper profile in Randy's definition is a person who's on social media that never post, never comments, never likes, but they're always on social media. Mm. They're a ghost. Yeah. Surveillance. So, so they scroll and they know everything that's going on. Like I, I was just in a conversation at the Metro last week where this man, uh, one of my friends, he was sitting behind me and he goes, oh, yeah, man. Um, and I just re-added him to my friend list, but he was like, Oh, I saw you share that one thing, and I wanted to like it, but I I can't. What? Yeah. And I'm like, that's what I'm saying. It's like. It's not what you say. It's the message we receive. Yes. So it's like, this guy, in my mind, like where my mind went was like, this guy is so insecure. Yeah. And worries so much about what other people are going to say that he didn't want to like or react to one of the memes that I shared. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I know the tape. Yep. I know exactly what And it's mean. like, man, I back you up, but nobody else going to know. Yeah. I just wanted to tell you in person. Yeah. So nobody else knows. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like that type of friendship is not the kind I need. Yeah. I'm looking for somebody that's going to have my back when I'm not in the same room. Yep. Did you ever watch uh, Blazing Saddles? No. But they, <laughs> they had that, they hired a black sheriff for that white town so that people would hate him and it would just go to shit. But this little old lady goes over there and says, <clears throat> up yours. And But then later on when he kind of saves him from the bad guy, she comes to the window and gives him a pie and she goes, sorry about the up yours. And then she says the N-word. <laughs> that's what oh, she says man. on the movie she said sorry about sorry about the yep yours and then she gave him that pie and he was like oh okay thank you and then she goes but of course you'll have the decency not to tell anybody this right mm. yeah mm. Mm. so it's like mm. I support you but nobody can know yeah mm. but that's and that's not the type of support I'm looking for I'm looking for home, like people that are like man like I see Randy I see what you're doing mm-hmm. and I'm willing to come and hug you or I'm coming to will. I'm willing to come and, and shake your hand. I'm willing to come and back you up, and everybody know. Yeah, I'm willing to give you a smooch. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> because that's the that, like, man. That's like you're actually absolutely like destroying corporate theology at that point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is, what can being associated with you get me? Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. If people associate my name with your name, 
what doors of opportunity are opening. What are you going to do for me? Yes. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. There's one more thing. I mean, like when I was sitting here, I was thinking about this the other night. I was like, if the refs are on your side and you know it, like, who the fuck wants to win like that? True. True, true, true. And like, man, I even in a travel ball, like if we got a call and I knew it was like a bad call, for any one of our teams, we had six teams, and I cringed on the inside. Like if a call went our way and I seen from my angle that it was the wrong call, but we got the benefit of the doubt and like our players going to the line to shoot some free throws or we got to end one when it was clearly not a foul. Man, I cringed. I was like, oh, I, I mean, wish they never called that. Wouldn't wouldn't you, though? I mean, like, what is that? Like, self-respect? I mean, respect yeah. for the game? I mean, It's damn. like winning off of technicalities. Why would you want to do that? There's yeah. no joy in that. Mm. There's no honor in it. Yeah. There really isn't. Yeah. And, I mean, that didn't happen all the time. Sometimes we got the bad call. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But when it did happen to our team, for our team, I was like, oh, man, come on, ref. Let's let that one go. All right, well. I think my 20 minutes are up. Yeah, my 20 minutes have been up. Yeah, so, mine too. <laughs> you got, did you just want to do this topic? Yeah, no, yeah, we just already hit that out. It's already almost 8 o'clock. Oh, yeah, true that. We got bedtimes coming up. I just wanted to share one more experience about one more example. So, I was, last time, uh, Browning, Browning Indians were playing for the state title at Metro here. At the big um, Metro, the place was packed. And, man, there's a bunch of crows out coming out to support the black feet. And I remember me and my cousin were sitting there off to the side of the hoop. <clears throat> remember how it curves around on the opposite end when we first walk in? Oh, yeah. Anyway, we're sitting down there low, and we've seen all the action. And, man, like, clearly Browning was going to win. There's only, like, a minute left. They're up by 10 or whatever. And, man, their crowd was hooting and hollering. And, man, it was loud in there. And they got a steal. And their their main guy, big guy, about six four, six five, right on there. I remember his last name was Fisher. Anyway, they stowed it, man. He broke out, boom, sideline, man. That whole crowd stood up. They're getting, they knew, man, because he, he was throwing. He threw it down a couple of times already. They kicked it out to him, and he caught it about the three point line, or in between the three point line, free throw line. And he took one dribble, picked it up, took his two steps, and went up and slammed it. Boom, man! That crowd, rah. And that ref blew the whistle, and he's like, no shot, travel. <laughs> and, man, I was like, what? Man, the, man, the crowd started cussing. Man, they started throwing water bottles and shit. The guy had to get on the mic and tell him to knock it off. Damn. And I was just like, whoa. Man, I was pissed. And the whole side of that stadium, man, was packed with natives. And, man, they were pissed, cussing at the ref. And he was all standing there with his chest out and kind of had a smirk on his face. And I was like, mother effer. Man, he was enjoying that power, huh? Yeah, mother effer. And it was not even close to, man. Like I said, he caught it, one dribble, two steps, one up, and boom, threw it down. It was like a monster dunk, too. And he came running in, waving his hands, blowing his whistle. And he did the travel sign, man, the crowd erupted. And, and you know what sucks about that is you, you, you're not you're not supposed to react. And in that situation, you don't react there, and then you go out into the community, and those kind of things happen. Yeah. Same underlying uh, factor. 
factor. No. And you're not supposed to react. No. And I was like, man, I, that's still like, that memory is still fresh. I can still see it happening, man, just because of that, the way that ref stood there with his chest out and smirk on his face, like after he did that. And I'm not saying go all, you know, haul off and blast him or whatever, you know, if that happens in the community. But I think they have to get punished, though, when they make wrong calls like that. Well, they need to. Like, fined or suspended yeah, for conduct that's detrimental to MOA. Mm-hmm. Like, there has to be things in place to keep them accountable. True. Not them holding themselves accountable, but a system in place that holds them accountable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, I we agree. have to start tracking how many calls, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. what Gordon Robert did on a bigger scale. Yep. Because if that just happened in those 10 years, imagine how many more bad calls we've gotten. And I'm not saying, like, we've lost because of bad calls or won because of bad calls, but it's, like, it's enough of a factor that it's the topic of conversation today. Yep. And then, I mean, and at the bottom, for me, the bottom line is win, lose, or draw. Again, you're affecting these kids' mentality. Yeah. Right? The one place, that the one thing that we, and, you know, as natives, we we take a lot of outside things and we make them our own. Yeah. Right? We put our own native spin on them. And basketball is no different. We, we created res ball out of it. I, I think, like, we have to take the voting out of it until the numbers are equal. Yeah. Because if you don't have a system in place, then we're always going to have that good old boy mentality that we do have in the refing pool. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm... We got to stop talking and just start doing, right? Like... And one of the things, like, I don't hate Harden. I don't hate anybody in Harden. It's actually a decent community. But one thing that I've always thought from the outside looking in is, like, I see so many native parents complaining publicly on social media about treatment there. And my question is always, like, why do you send your kids there then? Mm -hmm. Mm. Why do you sign that? piece of paper that tells them that you're an enrolled Indian. Mm -hmm. You know, my daughter has to pay for lunch at school. You know what I do? I didn't turn in that paper. Mm. And when they asked me, I said, why should I turn this paper in? Because you get so many thousands of dollars for my daughter attending your school, but yet I still have to pay out of pocket for everything that you guys are raising. Mm-hmm. I don't feel comfortable signing this piece of paper yeah. to get you thousands of dollars and my daughter still has to pay. Yeah. And that front office still has not talked to me about my signature. Yeah. But I always feel like I'm real confrontational and problematic <laughs> when I do stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah, internally? Yeah. yeah. I was like, man, did I really have to do that? I'm not trying to, you know? No, no, no. I think that's that. In, you know, that's your stance. That's what you want to stand up for. So I think that's that's like your truth. Yeah, because it's like, why am I going to sign my 
name and verify my ethnicity so that your school raises finances. Yeah. When my daughter has to sell stuff, mm-hmm. has to buy lunch, has to like purchase everything else out of pocket. Yep. Bring snacks and Kleenexes. Yeah. <laughs> and and yeah, you got to buy it for the whole class. Yep. So my thing is like, man, you natives that are listening to this and if your child does go to Harden and you're one of those child, uh, one of those parents that complain publicly on a social platform, stop sending your kids to a freaking school district that doesn't care about them. Mm, mm. You are actually employing that school district by you signing those papers. Mm-hmm. You're giving them finances to stay in operation. That's how we hit this community. Mm -hmm. In District B, every year it's held in Coast Strip. Yeah. Coast Strip's probably a nice community. Yeah. But we know the treatment that the school gives. Mm -hmm. Like they allow non-native teams to go sit down. Like they allow like... All this stuff, like they even charge babies one and up Dang. full price. Dang. Like that's how bad that culture public school system is towards Native Americans. Dang. Because, you but know, we got all them kids. Too. Year in and year out, <laughs> they are awarded the district tournament because nobody else can even bid can even throw a competitive bid in there. Man, Harden needs to jump on that. You got Harden here. You got Lockwood here. Mm-hmm. You got Rocky. Yeah. And I'm one of those natives. Man, I hate the Metro. <laughs> too big. <laughs> yeah. We really need a, a stadium about 7,500 would be perfect. Perfect. That 10,000 men, forgive me, but like when we were there watching this last week. Yeah. And the whole bottom was filled, but then the tops are like freaking empty. I'm like, man, that always bothers me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. Well, we'll just have to build one unspoken words. Yeah. After we get Pavilion. Our Pavilion. 8,000 seats. Oh, yeah. Okay. With skyboxes. Skyboxes, yeah. Man, that would be perfect, bro. Yeah. Like you like you only build two thirds of the metro. Yeah. Well, be on the lookout for it. it's coming down the road, unspoken words. Yes. Amphitheater as well. <laughs> Performing arts center. Yeah. Hey, big things coming down the road and we appreciate you guys out there listening, tuning in all over Flat Earth. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate it. Hey. I appreciate the Pod Gaddy and your favorite Indian for always bringing it as they always do. So I appreciate you two gentlemen and Bogon. I just, um, excuse me. Um, to our, our unspoken words disciples, please keep spreading unspoken words gospel, Billy Graham style. And with that, thank you for tuning in for episode 125. Speak on it.
And we all had the same topic. I can't read that. Say, uh, use the new music for the outro. Oh, okay. Oh, oh. <laughs> I was like, what? can now. <laughs> all right, cool. Then, um, yeah, we're out, man. Thank you for tuning in. Peace Episode out. One twenty-five. Yeah. Don't be giving them smooches out there. Yeah. <laughs> Now sit back, relax, and listen to some real